know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, podcast land? This is your host, Jam and Joe, the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to talk a little SEC championship and the heartbreaking loss. We're also going to talk some Georgia Bulldog basketball, some Atlanta Hawks basketball, make some picks in the NFL, and that'll be it. And across the way is my normal sidekick and ghost, RG3. RG3, how's it going? It's going, it's going. Uh, feeling better than last week, and... Um... Well, as far as physically, but uh, mentally, not feeling as well. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, I would say mentally, I'm still a little bit drained after the heartbreaking loss that happened Saturday in Mercedes-Benz Stadium with Georgia losing 35-28 to to the Death Star and the Evil Elephants, whatever you want to call them. It was just, it was just painful, painful. But the moral that I will take out of this is Jake Fromm played out of his mind. He threw for over 300, 301 yards and had three touchdowns. Jake Fromm really played well. He did, and the the whole team played well. Honestly, um, I mean, there were three amazing quarters of football being played, and I mean, it it is the way we wanted to be. You know, it's the best game we played all season. Um, so, I mean, hats off to the boys for, uh, working, um, working up to this moment and giving it all they got. No question about it. No question about it. I I was really impressed with Georgia's defense, how they came out early and they really got after Tua Tagovailoa and, uh, and, and kind of made it interesting on him early, you know, with the early interception by Richard LeCount and the sacks galore. You know, Georgia's defensive line heard all week how they couldn't do this against Bama's offensive line, but they did. And I'm really, really proud of those big guys up front, like Jonathan Ledbetter and DeAndre Walker especially. Mm-hmm. So what, what was your favorite play of the game? Honestly, my favorite play of the game was the J.R. Reed interception in the third quarter where where J.R. Reed put on the Savage Spikes and did that crazy, uh, that crazy victory celebration. That on that crazy celebration uh, with his tongue out, and I think it's now a gift. So if you search Georgia Bulldogs, I think this shows up. So kudos to my man J.R. Reed, number twenty. RG3, I think he's our, uh, our our guy Dan McGowan's favorite Georgia football player. I think so. Shout out to you, Mr. Reed, for balling out. Yeah, that was probably my favorite play. And then the other thing that was really cool was watching DeAndre Swift just run and do his thing. Uh, he he's really really good. RG3. And he, he put on a show against uh, the Elephants, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, RG3, the Dogs now go to the Sugar Bowl to play the Texas Longhorns out in New Orleans on New Year's Day night. So, that should be an interesting matchup. Uh, Two-story programs here, Georgia and Texas. But but so, we'll get more into that matchup as, as the month goes on. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking some more bowl games. And I know your alma mater has got an interesting uh Bowl game against Purdue in the Music City Bowl. Yep, yep, up in Nashville. That um, that should be a fun game, especially yeah. after um, 
seeing what Purdue did against Ohio State. And I don't know, this will, um, I don't know, it would be interesting to see if Auburn wants to show up um, or if they just uh, go into a mindless state like they did against UCF last year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then honestly, dude, like, like when doing that bowl pool, I was the only one to pick UCF to beat Auburn, so... Shout out to me. So hopefully Auburn makes it more interesting for you. Uh, Shame on you, Joseph. It's all your fault. That that's what it is. It's it's all because of your bull pick. Hey, hey, hey I'm I'm just. A sm- I hope you choose better this year. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, that's kind of our college football talk here. We just kind of wanted to mention that there in the beginning. So now we're going to turn this in RG three to a little bit of a happier subject, uh, and we're going to talk some Georgia Bulldog basketball. And you've got some. Uh, some big questions to ask me as far as uh, Georgia basketball. Yeah, so um, what are your thoughts of the game for Monday night against Texas Southern? Honestly, that was the most complete game Georgia's played all season that I've seen. And and the reason why it was so complete is is Georgia was really, really balanced offensively. And, uh, and, and the night started with Tyree Crump, who off the bench had a career-high 25 points, had five three-pointers, and Tyree Crump was just on fire offensively. And I'm, I'm really, really happy for him. And he's starting to figure it out with Coach Green and this new offense. I think it definitely fits him. And he, he, had, a, he had a night that that kid's going to remember. You know, that's probably his best night he's ever had as a Georgia Bulldog. You think that's going to change the way you look at Crump? Oh, no question. No question. I really do. I think I think you I think he's definitely a go-to guy off Green's bench, and and like we said earlier when we were talking about him with I think who man or my dad, I can't remember. But Tyree Crump is like a microwave. He's instant offense. He he can he can provide shooting. He's your best three-point shooter, and he's really good at creating space and running off ball screens, which is paramount in Tom Green's offense. Mm-hmm. How did Georgia look as far as the backboard? Well, well, RG3, the, the backboards, that the dogs looked really, really good. Uh, you had Derek Obedi with four. Derek Obedi with ten rebounds. You, you had Nicholas Claxton, who did his usual A-plus work on the glass. And you had Rayshon Hammonds with eight rebounds. Uh, Jordan was really, really balanced on the glass. And the dogs really, really got after it on the glass. And uh, the, thing, the thing about Texas Southern, and this might be like interesting or unusual for like fans to hear, but they had a guy RG three that was seven two. Wow. Yeah. So big clacks had a tough night uh, trying to guard that kid, but his <laughs> length uh, made up for it. He had a couple blocks. Uh, Derek Obene did a really good job on the glass and as far as handling the ball. Uh, so so it was a good night uh, for the dogs offensively and uh, and on the glass and defensively. You had you had Claxton with 15. You had Rayshon Hammonds with 14 points. You had Tijon Hightower with 10 points. Georgia made 11 three-pointers. Shot 50% from the from the field. Georgia Georgia uh, did, did a lot of things well Monday night. Did a lot of things well. Had 18 assists on 32 made field goals and 11 three-pointers, like I mentioned. So Georgia just had a really really balanced night offensively, and it was really really good to see. Really good to see. And now they're on their exam break. So we'll see how the dogs respond uh, following exams with a big matchup uh, with Arizona State. 
Yeah. Which, this will be George's toughest test yet. So, uh, one of their toughest opponents uh, so far. Uh, how do you think they'll respond against this ranked opponent? I think, I think they're going to respond well. Uh, Tom Crean has done a really good job of trying to hype up this game and trying to get the Georgia people to come out and be at this game. It's a Saturday. Uh, I, know that, I know a lot of people will be in Athens probably to do Christmas shopping and stuff. And so it'll be a really good way, you know, to support the dogs and maybe get some of that early Christmas shopping done and maybe like, you know, stuff like that. But uh, but I'm hoping the I'm hoping there's a big electric crowd because the Arizona State's a really good basketball team. They're ranked 20th in the country. They're seven and zero. They're really really good. They're deep. They're long. They're athletic. And and RG three Arizona State's well coached. Um, they, they also got some guys that might uh, be playing in the NBA in a couple of years. Yeah. So that's a big, this is the chance to be a big time game. And if the dogs can get it, then this would be that big signature win that Tom Crean is looking for at, at home. Because the next game after that is is against a smaller opponent. And then the game after that is the most important non-conference basketball game of them all. The Georgia-Georgia Tech game on December 22nd. Which your boy Jim and Joe is going to be at RG3. I'm really excited. I've never been to McCamish. So I'm really, really pumped up to see what that place looks like. I've been to Tech once in my life, and it was to see Georgia win the SEC championship in 2008. You were with me there too. I was, yeah. yeah. That was a fun time. That was the greatest birthday present I've ever gotten. So hopefully you can uh, get it done in their new arena. Hopefully, hopefully. But we got some more games to take care of before the Techies. Indeed, indeed. So that's kind of our Georgia Bulldog basketball talk. So we're going to transition and keep the basketball talk going to the pro game. We're going to move to the Atlanta Hawks. RG3, the Hawks are their last in the division. And I know, but I just want to focus on this team. And I know you've got some uh, some big, or three kind of big bulletin board questions to talk to me about as far as uh, the Atlanta Hawks go. Yeah, so to start out, um, Torian Prince suffered an ankle injury Monday night. Uh, what players are you expecting to step up while uh, he's on his way back from this injury? Well, with Prince, Torian Prince is naturally a small forward by trade. He is a uh, he, so he's a three man. So I'm looking at a guy like DeAndre Bembry, uh, who who's six six as well. You, you know, similar height. You know, similar skill. To Prince, he, he's a really good defender. RG3 in his last 10 games, he's averaging 8.2 points per game as well as 4.2 rebounds. He, he's really, really uh, a dynamic player off the bench, and hopefully he can uh, come in for the Hawks if needed uh, off the bench. Another, another guy we could talk about is, um, is rookie uh, Kevin Herter from Maryland. Uh, with Herter, he recently got put in the starting lineup He's averaging six points per game. Well, this was off the bench, but now he's starting now. He's really long. He's like six seven. If you want to compare us in RG three, a lot of people compare him to Kyle Korver. He's got that three point shooter ability, hmm. and so hope. And so he's another guy that could play the three spot. You you would just move Kent Bazemore back to the to the two spot, and you let Herter play the three if you don't feel comfortable with Bimbry starting. So the Hawks have couple different options and uh, everything that I've read about the Torian injury is he's going to be out uh, about three to four weeks so that's going to be a really tough blow for the Hawks but but then again 
<laughs> but then again, with the injuries like that, RG3, you get to see uh, young young guys off the bench come, and you know we get to watch more of these young Hawks grow and develop. Mm-hmm. And you get to see what potential the team has. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so Trey Young was named NBA Rookie of the Month in the Eastern Conference. What have you liked most about watching Trey play through these 24 games? Well, well, RG3, what I can tell you about Trey Young is he's very, very talented. He's quick. He's lightning quick. I know you and I have, have watched a couple of games together on TV. And I know, like, in our talks when we were, like, watching games, you were really impressed with his first step and his ability uh, to handle the ball, and uh, he's also he's also a really good passer to be as young as he is. So so that's probably the thing that's really impressed me the most about Trey is his ability to pass the ball. He's um, he's very I know he's still kind of got the deer in the headlights look going on, but the thing about Trey is is like we said he's quick, he's able to get to the rim, and he's mostly looking to set up teammates. I know everybody wants to talk about his three-point shot and like comparing him to Steph Curry and everything, but that's but that's really 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 kind of high praise right now. And his jump shot is something that Trey is continuing to work on. In fact, RG three a couple of weeks ago when the Hawks played Boston and the Hawks got blown out, Trey Young after the game was in the arena shooting and working on a shot. His his dad came down on the floor and was rebounding for him right after the game. Wow. And I think if I think that image right there should give Hawk fans like you and I a lot of hope that hey, this kid is willing to work. This kid is willing to to put the time in to be to be one of the to be an elite point guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And right there with the help of your dad, I mean, I mean that's all I need. I'm I'm sold on this kid. I was one of the doubters during the draft. I remember, I remember, I was keeping up with the draft, and I was kind of letting you know what was going on. And you were like, "So, what do you think about this young guy?" And I was just like, "I was like, well, you know, he's too small, he's too this, he's too that." But then you watch him, and he's just so dynamic, and you're just like, and "You're just like, you know, I think this kid might be all right. Kid might be all right." Yep, it's uh, it, it's great to see how how they transition, you know throughout the whole process. It is interesting. It is interesting. And and the real interesting thing is, is watching a, a stud in college, Trey Young, go from the college game to the NBA game and seeing how these young guys develop. Like, like Colin Sexton, a year ago, was at Alabama. And I remember Trey Young played against Colin Sexton in college. And everyone was like, which point guard would you rather have? And I remember I was at Blind Pig, and I was with you, actually. And we were watching some of that game. And I was just like, you know, I know Colin Sexton got the better of Trey Young that night, but I think in the, but I really do think in the future, I think Trey Young is going to be the better player. I just, I just think he's quicker, he's more dynamic, and he's looking to get his teammates involved. And the other thing about Trey Young is I think he's got a better overall just like makeup about himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely see that. He's definitely got that swagger, don't you think? And that's what Atlanta's really been starving for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, definitely. I mean, just think about it. Atlanta's got it with Acuna and Albies. I mean, I mean the dynamic duo of those <laughs> two. The Falcons have it with Tack. I mean, Tack is a really like dynamic, you know, kind of brash young guy. Calvin Ridley to an extent. I mean, the Hawks are kind of looking for that young guy to be 
you know, you know, kind of that vocal leader, mm-hmm. kind of that alpha dog, so to say. Yeah. And that's where Trey Young can can be big. <laughs> and so, um, John Collins had a career high of twenty four points uh, versus Golden State on Monday night. When you watch John play, what part of his game has grown the most from his rookie uh, to his second season in the NBA? Well, RG three, what I would say about John Collins that I've been really impressed with since he's come back from injury is is his awareness on the floor. He looks more locked in. He looks more in control of himself, especially down low on the block because because the way the NBA is changing now, they, they want big guys that can do a little bit of everything, that can handle the ball, that can shoot, um, and as well as rebound and as well as score inside. And I, and I think John Collins just looks more assertive He's calling for the ball more. He's looking. He's not afraid to go down low and mix it up inside and as well as shoot the ball from the perimeter. I'm not talking about threes. I'm talking about 18. I'm, I'm talking about 18 footers, you, you know, baseline stuff, elbow jumpers, you know, things like that. So that's what I would say has impressed me the most about Collins. And, and a year ago, like when the Hawks drafted him, I, I remember like when he first started this podcast, I remember telling you, of being like, that kid in two or three years is going to be a stud. Like, he can do everything. He he's he can jump out of the gym. Like, Josh Smith. You remember that guy, Josh Smith, who could really dunk for the Hawks back mm-hmm. in the day? Well, John Collins is kind of like that. He's got, he's got, he's got some springs in him, man. He, he's got some bunnies. So, so that's probably the thing that's impressed me the most about Collins since he's come back from injury. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Collins and Trey Young together. I think, and uh, once Prince gets back healthy, and the Hawks have like three, have like two or three, like like solid guys you feel good about in the starting lineup, and then with the other rookies like Herder and Spellman coming off the bench. I mean the Hawks, are, I mean are the Hawks gonna like really do anything this year? No, but could they be more interesting than last year? Absolutely, and mostly just because of the young guys like Collins, and you know now they have a like, young coach and. Coach Pierce, that I'm really excited about. So, so I think the sky's the limit for John Collins, where he can go. He's just got to keep getting better in all avenues of this game. So, RG3, we're going to transition and make a couple uh, picks against the spread in our uh, NFL picks. Our college season is done, and we'll have that those scores tallied up uh, once after the Super Bowl. We'll do all the football picks together, and then we'll finally figure out what is the punishment between me or you, depending on who wins and who loses. Yeah, yeah. Or the guests, the collection of guests we've had. You know, they might lose too. <laughs> but we'll just see what happens with that. So, RG3, do you want to go ahead and uh, get us going with uh, your NFL two-pack of picks? Yeah, so my first pick, I'm going to have the New Orleans Saints minus eight over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you're taking the Aints over the Yucks. I am. Ugh. Aints over the Yucks. Can they both lose? Um, I'm pretty sure Bane. I'm pretty sure Bane isn't around anymore to blow up any more football fields. So I'm sorry, Joe. Don't think it's gonna happen. Ah man. All right. Who do you got though? All right. right, So my first pick, RG3. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys minus four against the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. That that game is injury world. I'm, I just think the Cowboys are on fire right now. Ezekiel Elliott's really running the ball well. 
And and Dak Prescott's really starting to figure it out. I know a lot of people connected with the Cowboys were like, oh, we want Lincoln Riley, the Oklahoma coach. Well, it appears Jason Garrett, the head coach of the Cowboys, has bought himself some more time after winning, or after getting a series of victories. Now Dallas is 7-5, and five and they're 5-1 and one at home. They're playing well. So, yeah, so give me the Cowboys minus four over the Eagles. All right. All right. So, so for my next pick, I'm going to have the Los Angeles Chargers minus 14 over Cincinnati. A.J. Green is hurt right now. Um, I'm not feeling too good about that. It really sucks for my fantasy team. I'm not too happy about it. So I'm picking L.A. Chargers over negative minus 14 over Cincinnati. Oh, well, RG3, as soon as you said the words A.J. Green out, I'm, I figured... I figured it wasn't so good uh, in paradise between you two. Nope, nope. So, yeah, I've, um, I don't know. Uh, the fantasy gods have not been pleased with me. And is your fantasy team doing all right, or is it on life support? Or So, okay, so... Fantasy team, we we've been dropping in the we've been dropping in the standings. Uh, we were up at number three or number two at one point, and then ever since that point, uh, we've been dropping down, um, and just haven't been playing our best games. And now we're back down to number seven, um, and so that's a one one team buffer from the last place bowl uh, playoff start off this week. And so number seven and number eight are going at it. This is the same guy I started at last year in the playoffs and ended up beating him. Uh, he's not going to be happy if I ended up end up beating him again so, um, for the first round of the playoffs. But hey, I got I got to bounce back. So so strap in, guys. It's playoffs. It is. It is. And uh, just as an update. We have been in first place as far as um, points this year. And this is the first week we've dropped out of first place. We're sitting in second place now. Dang. And then uh, as far as points against, um, we have had the most points against the whole season. And now we are the second most wow. points against. My, how the money have fallen, how the money have fallen. RG3, I'm going to go ahead and give my second pick. I'm going to wait until Monday night. I think this could be an interesting matchup. You got the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Seattle to play against the Seahawks and the 12th man. I know CenturyLink Field is a tough environment to play. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you pick, I remember you picked Seattle a couple weeks ago to beat Green Bay, and they beat them. Yep. And you covered that game. So, so I'm... So I'm uh, uh, I'm drinking uh, the Seahawks Kool-Aid, and I'm kind of taking a leaf out of your book. So give me the Seattle Seahawks minus three over the Minnesota Vikings. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, and so I wanted. I also want to give a shout out to Atlanta United for uh, winning their the conference finals against the New York Red Bulls. And and we don't mean the energy drink, do we? <laughs> it is the energy. Well, I, the Red Bull's a big sponsor for them. So, um, and and so at halftime, was the coach like, "Drink this, <laughs> it will give you wings." Well, it, it they didn't get their wings um, last week. So, uh, on their first leg here in Atlanta in Mercedes Benz Stadium, uh, Atlanta United 
scored three, uh, and the Red Bulls didn't get anything into the net. So, wow. Um, Martinez scored at 32 minutes. Uh, Escobar scored at 71 minutes. Wow. And then uh, Vialba hit the goalpost and didn't make it in. And then right at 95 minutes, Vialba scored the third goal. So that was an exciting first leg of the finals. And then going into the second leg, which was up in New York. All right. So, so yeah. So uh, overall... Atlanta United had 13 shots, and the Red Bulls only had six shots on goal. So, so shout out to the Atlanta United goalkeeper, who I think his name is Brad Guzan. I think I have that right. I could be wrong. And and speaking of uh, that, Joseph Martinez, RG three, he's had a heck of a year for Atlanta United. Wasn't he named MVP today? He was. Uh, well, I don't think it was today, but uh, he was named MVP this year. Um, and there's a video floating out there with a whole bunch of Uncle Arthur and yep, a bunch of MVPs congratulating them. And oh yeah, Chipper, Matt Ryan, yep, Dale Murphy, Terry Pendleton. Those are all the MVPs we've had here in Atlanta. Yeah, for the local Atlanta teams. It's a it's a pretty cool video. Uh, You know, all of them pitching in and uh, sending their their congrats. I think what that goes to show, RG3, is that no matter the sport, the, the unity amongst the athletes here in Atlanta and uh, and at the University of Georgia are all, like, rooting for each other. And they all want success for all these programs. Like, like I'll use the Georgia example of, like, Tom Crean and Kirby Smart. You, you know, they've kind of developed the friendship. You know, when you go to these booster club meetings, and believe me, there's nobody rooting harder for the football team as far as the coaches than Tom Crean. And there's nobody rooting for uh, Coach Crean's program more than Kirby Smart. So it's just cool to see uh, pro athletes and coaches uh, bond and connect and uh, and uh, come for one common goal and uh, rally behind each other. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, really cool. Most definitely. And so going into the second leg of the finals, uh, the New York Red Bulls scored uh, one goal uh, while Atlanta United failed to get anything in. But, um, you know, it, in soccer, it all depends on the aggregate score, which was 1-3, to three, sending Atlanta United into the playoffs. So that's, um, and Parker ended up scoring that goal for the Red Bulls at 94 minutes. So what you're telling me is Parker got his wings because he scored the goal. He did. He did. <laughs> he's the only one. He's the only one who he's got the their only, wings. He's the only one that got the wings. Not on our watch, Red Bulls. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Atlanta will move on. Um, to play the Portland Timbers, I believe. Right? That is correct. That is correct. On Saturday at 8 o'clock. So, so RG3, everybody wants to know, what are you doing for the game? I am going to a... Uh, so, uh, so I'll be at a Christmas party with my girlfriend, singing karaoke and watching the game on TV. Now, will you be singing the Atlanta United songs? I don't know any of the Atlanta United songs, so I will mumble them uh, next to Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. I know everyone's really, really excited about this event coming up on Saturday. I'll go ahead and admit, I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world, but if Atlanta United wins this and it opens up the floodgates for the other teams in Atlanta... I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah. So let's go five stripes. So that's going to do it for our episode for this week. For RG3, I'm Jam and Joe. This has been another exciting installment in the Fan for All Seasons podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.